Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get Positively Leading. Hello and welcome to another episode of Positively Leading. And we're heading to the end of August and there is definitely a back-to-school energy around. Here in the UK, it's exam results season, so a huge congratulations to all students and their teachers on their achievements this year. Parents are looking a little bit more afraid around the edges when they're out and about with their families. And there's an increasing influx on LinkedIn of the I'm excited to share posts with people around the world, letting people know of their new roles in schools. So with this in mind, I thought I'd create a back to school theme series of four episodes. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at how to make the best start as a new leader how to build positive and high-performing teams, strategies to build connection and a sense of community in those first important weeks of school and beyond, and also how to ensure you continue to learn as a leader and also support the learning of your team. But today, our focus is on how to hit the ground running as a new leader or manager. And even if you're not actually going into a new leadership role, you'll still find, I hope, some golden nuggets because It's a highly practical episode with lots of tips and strategies. Now, I'm going to offer you four themes today or four ways to categorize your approach, if you like. Or actually, I'm going to use a really non-technical term for this, which is buckets. (laughs) So four buckets, and they all start with P because anyone that knows me knows I love a bit of alliteration. So those four buckets are people, purpose, personal and processes. And I did think long and hard about doing a first 100-day style episode, but when I was doing this, I realized that there are so many different kinds of leadership and management roles, right? Whether you're going into a new role as a head of year, head of department, maybe a faculty leader, or it might be a first or second or third move into senior leadership or into a first headship, perhaps. So, so many different layers and levels. And what I chose to do actually was just to draw all the advice and strategies into these four themes of people, purpose, person, personal and process, so that it's applicable to leaders of all levels. So we're going to get started with people. Now, I cannot emphasize enough this bucket, the bucket of getting to know people. Leadership is relationship and relationship is leadership, right? We can't do anything at all as a leader without having strong and trusting, respectful relationships with other people. So the first thing I want to offer is to really think about how you can get to know people well. And if we think about your team, first of all, a suggestion is to schedule one-to-ones with your team. So if you manage a team of two or 100, it's going to look a little bit different for you. But even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes with each person, sit down with people individually and ask some really open, generative questions about them as people their professional goals, and also what they love and perhaps what they want might want to change about the school. And a helpful framework for this is called keep, tweak, or drop. And the questions in this area look like, first of all, keeping. So if you had a choice, 
What would you keep in your department or in your year group or in your school? Basically, what's working well? Then what would you tweak? So what's good, but actually maybe a little tweak, it could be even better. And then the third one, what would you drop? So keep, tweak or drop is a great set of open questions, but it also gives you some really focused responses. So what you can do when you have that, I'm going to sneak in another P, is that you end up getting a plan because you can take all of this feedback that you get under keep, tweak or drop, and you can use it to look at those themes and to draw ideas and to co-construct a plan with your team. Before I think about that plan, because I have snuck in another P there, (laughs) thinking about asking a couple of other questions at the end of those one-to-ones, and they are really thinking about who are you as a person? What do you love? What, you know, what are your goals for the year? And importantly, how you might be able to help them. And then always ask that question at the end, you know, is there anything else that you would like to mention or that I haven't asked you that you think, you know, I, I should know or you would like me to know? So you're giving a really open question at the end for them. So this genuine appreciative inquiry is so powerful on so many fronts. It builds relationships. It can really set the tone for your leadership. And you learn so very much from experienced people with different perspectives and insights. And as I say, with that keep trick or drop framework, you can look at the comments and draw out themes. You can look for quick wins and you can make that bonus P the plan. (laughs) And even if you're not going into a new leadership role, this activity is powerful at any point. Now, when was the last time that you sat down and spoke with your team in this way? We tend to get really caught up, don't we, in the fast things in a busy life of school that taking that time can seem like such a luxury, but actually it's really powerful. I think taking the time to meet with all staff was one of the most powerful things I did in my last headship. It really hadn't been done before and it set the tone for the culture I was hoping to build. And I shared the themes with the team and it actually did form the basis of our planning going forward. And as a result, we completely revolutionized our professional learning and accountability process and so much more. And the need for that really came through from the keep, tweak or drop activities. Now, still on the theme of people, get to know students as well as quickly as you can, formally and informally. So whether you're getting into lessons, you're eating with them in the canteen, you're chatting with them at bus stops or car drop-offs, being really visible. And if it's possible in your role, do a pupil pursuit. Now, what do I mean by this? If you have the opportunity to select or ask for a willing volunteer of a student in in different year groups and then follow them for the day, really get to grips with what does life and learning look like for a student? You might even be very surprised. I know I was. I was absolutely exhausted by break time when I did that in my last headship. So that's just an idea. If you have the capacity to do that, it will show and demonstrate so many different things, so many different possibilities and you're talking with students as well as you're doing this, right? You're, you're having those different kinds of conversations with them and really getting deeper with them. You might even want to do a keep, tweak or drop with them. And you might do that with parents as well, too. And then if we think about people from a team perspective, when you're bringing people together, make sure you're thinking about the whole team, not just individual members of it. So how can you work together in the best possible way? Now, we're going to be coming back to this in a few episodes time. So that idea of how to build a positive and high performing team. But for this episode, it's worth thinking about your team as a whole and establishing those ways of working together. So normally we often, again, get really stuck in, you know, who does what? What do we do? But sitting and really considering how you do this, how will you meet? How will you communicate? 
what strengths do you each have and what brings joy and life to, to your day-to-day work in school and what sucks the life from you and how you can use this together to be stronger. And then under the this first P for people, just a final word of caution. And that is, I made a really big mistake in both my headships and also my vice principal role. And that mistake was of letting too much of what other senior leaders said about other people. So when I joined, people shared, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think what's really important here is, yes, listen, but don't let it become your frame of reference. Listen, but then put it to one side, build your own relationships with people, get to know people as individuals, because those relationships will invariably be really different to other people's. So no two relationships are the same. And yours will be stronger as a result, right? So listen, but then put others' perspectives to the side and really build your own. Now, the second P is purpose. And I'm going to split this into two parts, a big P and a little P. So the big P, purpose, vision and mission and values, but also the little P purpose. And that's how to always hold in mind that you might shift your perspective when you're moving into leadership. So when you're not a leader, your focus is on learning and growing yourself, right? But when you're in leadership, you need to shift that perspective to helping others learn and grow. So it's a shift in purpose. And a similar shift is you've likely got the job because you're great at getting stuff done. And you want to, you now need to think about shifting your thinking about getting stuff done yourself, but now getting it done through others. So not fixing things, not doing everything yourself but helping others to solve problems and distributing leadership. So those are the little P's, but they are a really important P's for purpose. A shift in terms of who you are and how you show up. Your goal is to help others to do things, not for you to do everything yourself. And then if we think about the big P, this is getting to grips with your new school or your organization's um, values and vision. So what is it? What does this mean in practice for you and for your leadership? What expectations are there for you and what are the special ingredients and the circumstances of your school that go towards making it a success? This is going to vary depending on your role, but having this clarity and being able to align your work with the schools or with your teams is absolutely crucial. Now, I suggest you do this from a school perspective, but also for you personally and professionally. You know, what's your why? Why do you do what you do? What's the difference that you want to make? And at the heart of this are your values. And we can often, as I mentioned earlier, get really caught up in the doing, all the practical stuff. And we think you don't have time to step back. But taking the time to step back, even if it's, you know, just 30 minutes at the beginning of the year and then maybe five minutes weekly, really getting to grips with your values can serve you very well. I think over the years, I became super clear on my values. And those values are kindness, excellence, learning and impact. And they underpin all my decisions in leadership and also in life. And I think values are super important. So I've planned a whole episode around this too soon. <laughs> so hold your horses and wait for that if values and learning about values is might be helpful for you. So getting clear on this is really important. Engaging others in these conversations around values and vision, right? Building that shared sense of direction, which can really bring people together. Now, the third P is personal. And I'm going to share three strategies within this bucket. Now, the first is to make sure that you take care of yourself. 
Now, you may think that this is you know, really obvious, but actually it can be all too easy to get consumed by a leadership role. So taking the time to get to know what contributes to your well-being, because this is different for everybody. And I always say that the single most important skill in leadership is building and preserving your energy to lead. And if you haven't listened to episode two, there's a whole episode that sort of sits around this and there are so many strategies in there and also a free guide for you with strategies that will help you to do this. But as you start the school year, just check in on your levels, check in on your sleep, nutrition, your exercise, your energy, the hobbies, check in on where you are now and really understand and build that self-awareness about what fills your cup and make a note of it. Because if you're doing that now, it's going to help you to keep track of these levels as things get busy. Because when things get busy, it's all too easy to look after others first. And I'm not saying that that looking after others is not a great thing. Of course it is. But you also need to be really thinking about yourself and being aware, actually, of where your sleep might start to suffer or you might start to reach for those unhealthy snacks or eating your lunch at 4 p.m. or maybe eating it on the go being aware of what healthy and being well and energized looks like now at the beginning of the school year, building that awareness can really help you notice and take early and preventative action later on in the term. Now, the second thing in this bucket is about getting to know your leadership style. And there's a whole other episode coming up on this as well too. But learning about different styles of leadership is super important. And there are two key questions here. Where do you sit most naturally in terms of your leadership? So for me, I sit more naturally in a collegial and coaching style. And that is a really important question. But the second thing is what kind of style is needed in your new role? So having that awareness is going to be helpful so you can flex your style according to need. And be aware that there could be a leadership hangover. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, I mean, your school or your team might be very used to one kind of leadership. So let's say a more commanding style of leadership. And this is going to be like a leadership hangover because your team and your staff and your students potentially are going to be really used to or accustomed to that style. So if your style is completely different, this could be challenging. And this happened to me when I took up my first headship in Buenos Aires. The previous head had led really strongly from the front and nothing really happened without his direct involvement. And my leadership style and approach was and is poles apart. And there was a really interesting period of sense making, of adjustment, that role making and role taking while I got used to and my team and the students got used to me. So getting to know each other, that period of sense making is really important. So recognizing that and understanding your leadership and also what is needed from you at that particular point. Now, the third is to find a mentor or a coach. Now, this is someone who can support you in your new role who you can share challenges with, ask and potentially have questions answered, but basically be in your corner. And some schools have mentoring programs to build leadership capacity and to support new leaders. And others, particularly for senior leaders, work with external coaches. And if this is the case, fantastic. If not, could you take this into your own hands and could you ask about it? Or could you identify someone who you feel would be an ideal mentor or coach for you and approach them? 
and getting clear really on what it is you might want from the relationship because a coach and a mentor could offer you two very different things or you may find someone who is experienced in both and can flex according to your needs. So finding a mentor or a coach is really important, someone in your corner. And then we're going to move in now to the fourth and final bucket and that is processes. Now, when you're starting in a new leadership role, processes are important from both an individual but also from a team perspective. If we think about it from an individual perspective first, and by process here, I really mean organization. So creating systems and processes that work for you in terms of your personal organization can make the world of difference to how you feel, to your effectiveness, and the levels of motivation and effort of those you work with. Are things that many people say, and I'm sure possibly you too, will find frustrating from their leaders are when you know emails are not replied to, when people turn up late to meetings because they've been dealing with more important things, or perhaps forgetting to do things that they said they're going to do. And creating workflows and systems and processes that keep you organized, including managing your emails, is really key. So my systems included, and actually still do, I have one place, one piece of paper, I'm old school, for all tasks and jobs that arrive on my desk. And I make a note of them. And even on a corridor conversation, because these are the ones that are easiest to forget. So I make a quick note in my phone or a voice note, perhaps. So I've got all my tasks that come in on the on the left-hand side of my piece of paper. And then I would prioritize them. I like color, so I'm going to highlight in different colors. But the priority would be one, now. Two, this thing needs dealing with soon. Three, this can wait till later. And I would color code them. And then in the next column, I would put a deadline or a time when I would get to that. And then at the end of each day, I'd review and I'd build my to-do list for the next day from this master list, crossing things off as I went along. And in terms of emails, I'd set aside time in the morning and again at the end of the day to work through my emails. And I would have my folders set up in a similar way with priority one, priority two, priority three. So that might work for you. It might be helpful. It might not. But finding a process of and systems and a workflow that means things don't fall through the crack is going to be really helpful for you and also for others that you lead as well. My second personal organization suggestion is to keep a daily diary. Now, this doesn't need to be the secret diary of Adrian Mole style, but rather a five minute reflection at the end of each day before you leave your desk. Review the day. You know, what were those key conversations that you had? What struck you as interesting or joyous or perhaps concerning? What did you learn? What are you curious about finding more about? And you can actually link this into your planning system as well. But importantly here as well, make sure you are noting down the successes. And what were your leadership and strengths and strategies that you demonstrated that contributed to these successes as well? taking the time to do this and perhaps even thinking about what you're grateful for as well, that no matter how challenging your day has been, make it a daily practice to acknowledge the good, to hunt for the good, to acknowledge the good, to savor the good, to build the good. Because leadership can get really challenging and so easy to get sucked into the negative. So making that a daily practice. And then finally, from a team or an organizational process perspective, Learn how things work as quickly as you can. What are the workflows? How does the organization work? What are the systems and structures that are there? And question them. You've got a fresh pair of eyes, right? So get really curious. 
hmm, why do we do this? Oh, that's really interesting. How do we do that? And where did that come from? And just ask those open questions, really non-judgmental, and make a note. And avoid the phrase, in my last school team department, we did this. Okay, that's not going to win you any friends at all. So simply get curious, make a note, and add it to that mosaic that you're building up from your other actions and conversations and all of the other P's. So that's it for today. I have packed a lot into the episode. So we've got four P's that can help you to be successful in your new leadership role. People, purpose, personal, and process. And I am wishing you all the very best in your new role and the year ahead. And keep on positively leading. And I can't wait for the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.